Captain Fury with the Tiger Lad. Oh, the Premier ship's a cakewalk. If we're behind them, never mind, we'll fight and fight and kill the good old Collie. Welcome to One-Eyed Tigers and Pies, the podcast where we talk about all things AFLW, so long as it's about Collingwood and Richmond. I'm Alexandra and I'm a one-eyed Collingwood supporter. And I'm Tony and I'm a one-eyed Richmond supporter. So welcome back, Alexandra. It's nice to be back for another season. It is wonderful to be back for another season. I can't tell you how excited I am to go along to the footy on Thursday night. That will be great. It seems like a long time since I saw a game of footy. In fact, I think the last game I actually saw live uh, was a Frio AFLW game. There you go. Um, The last game that I saw live was uh, Collingwood versus the Western Bulldogs down at Mowy or Morwell or somewhere down that direction. And it was the week before, um, yeah, we we moved into lockout for matches. Yeah, the world has changed a lot in the past 12 months since we last sat here. And I think maybe to kick off this uh, this podcast, we should take a look back at what's changed over those years now that we've seen a full season of uh, the AFLM and how they reacted to COVID. I think that's a um, that's a really good place to start, Tony. So the AFLM managed to get in a full season and a full finals season and um, and uh, announce a grand final. So. You know how where I stand on this, the hypocrisy of the AFL to the moment COVID was announced to say we have to shut the women's game down, um, but we'll keep the men's going game going as long as we can. And I think when you look at the efforts they went to to keep the men's game going, uh, there was a lot of discussion around they need 17 games for there to be a full season. And then the hubs, the moving people around, the putting people in into and out of quarantine and the sheer amount of changes and effort that went into keeping that season alive, that's great for football, but it's very different to the amount of effort they put into the AFLW competition. It is indeed. When COVID first hit and everybody went into lockdown and, and in fact, when the men stopped playing as well as the women, um, watching on social media how it played out was extraordinary. So all of the, the men, I'm, look, let's be honest, I'm largely talking about Collingwood, um, but all of the male players um, were posting pictures of their gym equipment being, um, being delivered from the club in order to make up their home gyms so they could keep fit for when they came back to footy. And the women were posting requests for anybody got a secondhand exercise bike that I can borrow or buy cheap. Wow. I, <laughs> yeah, it, it's that kind of difference, I think, in how seriously some of the clubs treat uh, the women's competition at the moment. Speaking of which. <laughs> are, are you going to change, change topics somewhat? I'm going to change topics entirely because you're talking about how some of the uh, some of the clubs treat women's team differently to their men's team. Richmond's been a bit of a standout in terms of talking the talk about the women's team and how important it is. What happened to that this year, Tony? Look, I cannot defend what Richmond did this year for a club that let's face it, the men's club, men's team has been incredibly successful. The club is in a financially stable state. In fact, we're incredibly profitable, huge amount of membership. The decision to drop their VFLW team was bitterly disappointing. Uh, I have trouble seeing why 
it was required given the strength of their financial position. But I think far worse than that was the fact that they make a podcast about the importance of their women's team and they spend a lot of time about how desperately they wanted a women's team. And then when the first major, you know, major problem hits, they drop the team. And I just think the lack of alignment with what they say is the most disappointing thing about that decision. Here, here. I um, call myself a one-eyed Collingwood supporter, but I actually did join the Richmond AFLW um, team last year. So I signed up as a member of Richmond's AFLW because of everything that Richmond was doing that I thought was great and wanted to support. And um, when they dumped their VFLW team, I rang to resign my membership and the lady on the other end of the phone said, do you mind ask, Do you mind me asking why? I said, no, it's because you've dumped your VFLW team. Would you like me to talk more about that? And she said, no, I hear you. So thanks. Although we had a little aside to you, for you to stick the boots into Richmond, which, you know, is fine. Uh, can we get a, If we can get it back to the original topic uh, on what happened at the end of last season. And I just want to think, I think the people I feel sorry for are Fremantle and North, who were, I thought, clearly the best two teams last year, and they should have had the chance to play off for a premiership. And that these are opportunities that don't come along very often. It Just because you have one good year doesn't mean you'll be good again. So this could have been the only opportunity for some of those girls to actually win a premiership in the AFLW. That is devastating. It's devastating for them. It's not the year end that anybody wanted. So what's happened since then is because the VFLW was cancelled as well, um, most of these women have not played football since March last year. Um, And so there was practice matches last weekend, which was exciting to see. And for many of them, that was the first game of footy they've played since the um, since the very hurried, rushed end of the AFLW season. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's going to be interesting, but I think we're going to see desire levels up um, and hunger for the ball um, in a way we haven't seen it for a while. Well, actually, they're always hungry for the ball, aren't they? Yeah, but potentially it. it can take a while to get the, the touch back and the feel back. So it potentially could be another one of those starts where things are really intense, but the skill isn't quite there yet for the first few weeks. It takes a while to build up and also condition and touch uh, to run out the game and to, to just have those one-touch uh, disposals that make all the difference. It might be a few weeks before we see that again. Let's talk about um, what else has happened in terms of um, of trade and, and stuff. Actually, we need to talk about trade specifically because you've got two of our Sarahs. That's right. Well, can I just jump in and, and say two of four Sarahs now at Richmond, an excellent off-season for Richmond in terms of number of Sarahs being recruited with Sarah Darcy, Sarah Dargan and Sarah Hosking joining Sarah Sansonetti. So I don't know about recruiting Sarahs as a strategy, but hey, we'll see. Well, it can't be worse than last year's strategy, can it? <laughs> yes. Well, I was hoping we'd recruit footballers, but, uh, you know, if Sarah's a footballer, then we're there. That's right. And look, Sarah Darcy was a foundation player for Collingwood. Um, so we saw her play her first game, which was Collingwood's first game um, in the lockout at Princess Park against Carlton. And she was actually the first women's jumper number that I learnt, Sarah Darcy number four. Um, so Dad and I were sitting in the 
um, sitting in the stands and she took a mark in front of us and we're like, cool, number four, Sarah Darcy, she's cool. <laughs> and she stayed cool for her entire, what is it, four years at Collingwood and we're very sad to see her go but I will be, um, I will be barracking for, for her even though she's in yellow and black now. And Sarah Duggan, I also like. I just don't have quite the same connection with her. So good luck with your Sarah. Oh, thank you. Look, I think they'll be very important. The one thing I think we've commented about Richmond's problems last year is a lack of experience. So uh, picking up some really, you know, good uh, players for support for uh, for Conti, I think, is a is a good decision. And we also lost Katie Lynch to the Western Bulldogs, and the Western Bulldogs are, you know, my third favourite team. Um, so I like that Collingwood has gone into the habit of trading my favourite players to my other favourite teams. Um, I'm, I approve of that strategy. Um, and the other good thing about Katie Lynch going to the Bulldogs is that now we won't confuse her with Jordan Allen. So that was very confusing. We would like have to look at their boot colours at the start of the match to make sure we got them is straight. Just, but now they we looked really similar? They looked really similar and I reckon they had similar playing styles as well and I also think it was partly just Dad's fault because um, I'm pretty sure I wouldn't have confused them but he kept asking me every time they got one, is that Katie Lynch? And I'd be like, no, I think that's that's Jordan Allen and then I'd doubt myself and so then I just couldn't tell them apart because I doubted it. So now that's not a problem anymore. Katie Lynch is the one in Bulldogs colours. Excellent. So uh, did you actually recruit anyone in or was it just the draft? We did recruit them in, but to be perfectly honest, I haven't seen them play. I don't know anything about them. So um, I'll talk to you about our recruits after I've seen them play this this Thursday night. Uh, fair enough. Well, How about you? Okay, so we, as you said, recruited a lot of Sarahs. Um, probably the other interesting fact about Sarah Hosking is that uh, she was playing at Carlton with her sister and she has played her entire life in the same football club as her sister and this will be the first ever time she's played at a different club. So that must have been a pretty big decision to... God, that must have been yeah, huge. Yeah, to leave. Uh, I heard an interview with her uh, where she said uh, her sister didn't say anything much to her but uh, gave, stared at her quite hard when she told her her decision. So the other thing Richmond lost is we traded Grace Campbell to North Melbourne for pick 43. I'm, I'm struggling with that one. Grace Campbell was one of the few shining lights we talked about for Richmond last year. So it, it seems odd that we would trade what, who I, someone who I thought was going to be a solid player for us for quite a long time for, for really quite poor draft uh it really does. Yeah. Now, maybe there's more. I mean, one thing we do understand is that they're probably a lot more accepting of people for lifestyle reasons or, you know, it might be easier for Grace to to train or to to play up north. So maybe that there was a reason there, but it does seem on the face of it to be well undervalued. Mm. And probably the other exciting addition to Richmond squad was Ella McKenzie, number one pick in the draft. Um, I think clearly the best young player in the country from what I've seen. So I'm um, really exciting that potentially with Conti and McKenzie both right at the start of their careers, we've got a, potentially a, a decade of uh, the foundations of a really solid midfield. I reckon you might even win a game this year. Yeah, well, you've got to start somewhere. So what are you looking no, forward I, to I, for the rest of 2021, Alexander? Uh, so what I am looking forward to, I am mostly just looking forward to getting back to the footy. I cannot wait to head down to the footy and cheer for my team. So, so excited about that. 
It's great. Um, my favourite Chloe Malloy is heading up forward this year and so I'm hoping to see Chloe kick lots more goals. Um, so really looking forward to that. And I mentioned that I, I, I said before that I wasn't um, – I didn't know any of the players we'd got coming in, um, but actually I do know one of them, Tani Brown, we picked up in the draft as a father-daughter pick. So she's the daughter of... Is that the first father-daughter pick? No, it's not the first father-daughter pick, but it is Collingwood's first father-daughter pick. And um, Tani is joining Callum and Tyler, who are her brothers, who both play for the Collingwood AFL-M side. So we've got three members of the family playing for Collingwood and that is pretty darned exciting. Um, and so I'm looking forward to seeing her play and the at the practice match, the um, the match report said that she she was it was exciting to watch her dodging around people. So I'm going to be looking for her to be dodging around. It's going to be exciting. Awesome. Uh, we'll look out for Tani. Who are you? What are you looking forward to? Well, I'll have to agree with your first comment. Going to the footy again will be really exciting. I expect it'll be Frio only again this year for me. Um, I don't suspect Richmond's going to get over to the West, but we'll have to wait and see. But that does mean I get to continue my Duffy watch, which is exciting. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I've heard a rumour that you've joined Fremantle. This I, year, I will Tony. join Fremantle. I have not signed up yet, but I think I will. The other thing I'm really excited about seeing in 2021 is top-level footy back at Punt Road. First time since the 1970s, I believe, since we've had top-level footy there. So I don't know. I've, I've watched a lot of reserves at Punt Road over the time, and I love the ground. It just feels so suburban and local, but you have the MCG looming over you as well. So I'm really excited to see uh, the Richmond team play at Punt Road again. Just hope you'll be able to get over here and see some oh, of Oh, that it. would be great. It'd be lovely to see you again too, Tone, but I actually don't like your chances. Um, did you see that the first game at Punt Road Oval is sold I out? I did. Sold out very, very quickly. Uh, so I did. I, I actually think the ground capacity is quite small because the Jack Dyer stand is actually condemned and, no, you're not allowed <laughs> to sit a lot of people in there. So I understand why it sold out pretty fast. But it is good news um, that we're paying for footy this year. That is exciting. I, I just think that's a massive step forward. And goes to some of the criticism I've heard previously of AFLW that people wouldn't pay for it. And I believe that's wrong. And I'm really looking forward to being proved right that people will play pay to see women play footy. So this has been a bit of an introduction to what's going on this season. There's a whole bunch of other topics we wanted to get onto this year, but uh, we'll save those for future podcasts. So Shall we run through some of the other uh, topics that we think we'll get to later this year? Sure. One of the topics that I would like to talk about is what to do when your club is pissing on everything you think is important. Because let's be honest, Collingwood does not do well on gender equality, diversity, inclusion, and yet I am a one-eyed Collingwood supporter, and that's really hard to take. So would like to just explore a bit about what we can do about that. That sounds good. Uh, I'm also obviously going to talk more and more about Richmond's failings. Uh, I suspect this could be an ongoing topic. Uh, I may get into a little bit more in the VFLW, but there there are definitely some other uh, issues on Richmond's and the way what's happened with them over the past year. Uh, so I'll, I'll be talking about that in a bit of detail. 
Um, I do want to talk about the balance between male and female sport in Australia. So more females play sport in Australia than men, which is fantastic. And I have joined those ranks uh, in the last 12 months. I am now playing both football and cricket and uh, for the first time in my life. So that's very exciting. And I'd like to talk about that. But I also want to talk about it in the context of 10% of media coverage of sport is covering women's sport. So. Right. And and I think uh, that's something I'd like to get into a little bit more and perhaps something I'll carry, have a watch on is uh, the treatment of AFLW by the AFL itself and how, how, how difficult it is to find up-to-date news on women's footy. It's an ongoing theme. That makes us sound like we're just going to whinge the whole season. Well, we have a segment called Your Alexandra's Rant. So, what did you expect? We'll also, well, let's, the other thing we'll be doing is we'll be celebrating the great footy that's going to be played this year. We'll be celebrating some incredible achievements by some incredible athletes. And uh, yeah, we'll uh, be enjoying every moment of watching the footy again. Can't wait. So thanks for your time. We look forward to seeing you next week when we'll have round one of AFLW season 2021 under our belts. Thank you, Alexandra. I look forward to talking to you again next week. Go Pies! Go Tigers! Go Tigers!